Good morning, good news. My name is Tony Willis, and I am the Children's Ministry Director here at Good News Church. Wanted to welcome you. We are so excited to have you with us today. If you are new or visiting us, special welcome to you. Um, if you will look in the seat back in front of you, you will find our Connect card. It looks like this. We would love it if you would fill out as little or as much information as you're comfortable sharing with us and then stick it in one of the black boxes at the back when you leave today. Um, if you've been visiting us for quite some time and you're wondering what the next steps might be, we would love to have you join us at our Discover Good News class. It's coming up on Wednesday, May 17th or Saturday, May 20th. We would love for you to mark that on your card. It's just an opportunity for you to come and get to know more about um, us at Good News Church, and it gives us an opportunity to get to know you better as well. So we would love to know if you're going to join us for that. One of um, my greatest things that I've enjoyed while being at Good News Church, my husband and I have been here for almost 20 years. And so over that time, <laughs> I've had the opportunity to interact with a lot of amazing kids and families at Good News Church. And we are super excited that on May 21st, we're going to have the opportunity to celebrate some of those kids that have grown up and now graduating and moving on. And so we're going to have a breakfast for all of our um, 2023 grads and their families. And what we need you to do, if you have a graduate this year, we need you to email us a baby picture and then maybe a funny picture in between, maybe middle school ages, and then a, a grad picture um, for them for this year. Email that to Don at goodnewsloves.com, and then that way we can, um, we can celebrate with you and we can honor them. And then join us on May 21st so that uh, you can see them up on the big screen. May 21st is going to be a big day for us. We in the kids' ministry are super excited about celebrating the end of another great school year and moving into the summer. And so we have our summer splash coming up on May 21st. Now, those of you that have kids in our ministry, you may have seen a postcard that looks something like this. In fact, last week, your kid may have come home with multiple postcards. And you may be wondering, why did you give my kids so many postcards well, one is for you to hang up on your refrigerator to remind you not to miss that special day. But we believe um, that we should be disciples that make disciples. And one way that we can do that is to invite others to come and see Jesus. And so we are encouraging our kids in our ministry to think about and to pray for who they can come and see Jesus. And so we um, started last week talking with all of our kids in kids ministry. We started asking them who they could think of in their school or in their community or on their sports teams that they could invite. And we began praying for kids that we don't even know all over the community. And so we encouraged our kids in our ministry to take out as many of these postcards as they wanted and go pass them out all over the community. And so it was so awesome to see kids want to, you know, take 20 postcards for their whole class or 15 for their team. And so I would love it if you would partner with us, if you know um, of any families in your community that uh, you'd like to invite. There are more of these postcards right out on the back on a table. 
grab as many as you want and invite them to join us on May 21st at the 1030 service. And then we're going to have a big celebration right after. So it'll be a lot of fun. Um, we also have opportunities for you to help us to get ready for that day, and uh, you saw that on your seats there. I see a lot of pages on the seats um, when you came in, and so we have some opportunities that you could help us to get ready to welcome as many families as possible. There are a lot of um, different opportunities on there. What we are hoping is that if you are willing to help us with the setup or the serving during the event or even the breakdown, that you would mark it on that piece of paper and fold it up and put it in one of the black boxes on your way out today. We don't want you to miss the service, so there are plenty of opportunities that you can you know, come and serve um, during one service and then attend the next service. And so if you're interested at all, just mark it on the paper, and I'll get in touch with you this week. All right? Now, my shirt says VBS planning mode on because we are in full swing planning and preparing for VBS this summer. We are super excited about VBS coming up June 12th through the 16th. It's one of our best weeks of the year. And as of this moment, we already have over 100 kids registered for VBS. And so we're really excited about that. <laughs> We have a few more opportunities um, for people to sign up to serve during that week. Um, we need a few more small group leaders so that we can, we can just continue to reach all of the kids in St. John's County. Um, if you are thinking, but I can't serve that week, what do I do? Well, don't worry. We've got opportunities for you, too. I have an amazing team leader that's working with me right now, and she is thinking and dreaming of all of the amazing decorations and the way that we can transform all of our buildings into these um, kid-friendly environments. And she has set aside a bunch of tasks that she needs done in advance. And I have to tell you, I'm good at a couple of things, but... Arts and crafts is not one thing that I am good at at all. And so when I met with her, she showed me some of the things that we'll be working on in advance to get ready for VBS. And I said, even I can do that. So if you're willing to team up with us, um, if you could write that at the bottom of that page and I'll get in contact with you. I also have opportunities to uh, connect with families and to welcome them and to invite them back. And so if you're thinking to yourself, I can't serve during the week of VBS, but I would love to pitch in, well, don't don't worry, I've got a place for you. So don't be worried that everybody fills out this card and we overflow those black boxes in the back. Don't you worry about that all. I'll have Don stand back there and take them. So if you have, um, if you would like to serve with us, go ahead and fill that out and we'll connect with you this week. Okay. Um, today is our first VBS training right after this service. So if you've signed up to serve, please meet us over in the outpost. Or even if you're thinking about it, please meet us over there right after the service. Phew, I think I made it through everything. Why don't we pray so Smiley can come up? Lord, thank you so much for everything that you are doing in our community and in and through Good News Church. Lord, I pray that uh, your Holy Spirit would fill Smiley as he um, speaks today. pray that you would open up all of our ears to hear and our hearts to grow closer to you today. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Tony. On your seat, there is the study for May, if you're new. This is our study. We put it out once a month. It's a disciple-making tool. There's a place for message notes. We'd love to invite you to read through John with us. We're reading through the Gospel of John. Won't you join us? It's really special when we're reading the same thing together. Our small group lessons are in here. Please take it with you. It's a great tool that we have. Hey, yesterday was really a special day around 
good news. We had the birds and bees. We had 28, uh, 28 adults who came to learn how to uh, talk with their children about the birds and bees and really appreciate Tavanya and all those who helped to put that on. Let's, let's give them a hand. It was really, really good. Boy, in our very confused culture, one of the parents said, a couple said, this class equipped us with language, knowledge, and guidance about teaching our kids design, teaching our kids God's design for sex in an age-appropriate, healthy, positive, biblical, and educational way. As parents, we now have more confidence going into these conversations with our kids. So thankful for Good News to provide this for families. And it was an amazing, amazing day and really appreciate those who came and those who helped to put it on. Boy, I think in our culture today, we really do need help in, in learning how to have those conversations with our kids and with others. Um, last Sunday, we had advertised a lot of our, our special Sunday evening and if you were there, you remembered. If you weren't, you really missed a very fun evening and wanted to show you a little bit of what happened last Sunday evening. There's a long black train coming down the line Feeding off the souls that are lost and cry rails of sin only evil remains watch out brother for that long black train look to the heavens you can look to the skies you can find redemption staring back into your eyes there protection and there's peace the same burning your ticket for that long black train cause there's victory in the Lord I say victory And thank you, Anna and Jenna and Strider and all who worked to put that on. And it's amazing with all those things going on, we had an amazing week, too, of people sharing the gospel with friends, and we saw six people who, who put their faith in Christ during the week, and we rejoiced for that. Uh, it's been an amazing week after week of having members of our church sharing the gospel with friends and seeing them to come into faith in Christ. And once you know, I'm praying for all of you, that all of you would have that joy this year of having a chance to share the gospel and see someone come to faith in Christ. Uh, we are here to open up God's Word. If, if you're new, we're walking through the book of 1 Timothy, and we're in chapter 6. Um, I'm going to ask you, we don't do this often, but some churches do this all the time. If you would stand as I read God's Word, because it is God's Word, and it, it's good to show respect for God's Word. 1 Timothy 6, and we're going to read verses 1 and 2. All who are under the yoke as slaves are to regard their own masters as worthy of all honor, so that the name of God and our doctrine will not be spoken against. Those who have believers as their masters must not be disrespectful to them, 
because they are brethren, but must serve them all the more because those who partake of the benefits are believers and beloved. Teach and preach these principles. Uh, you may be seated. Um, a, a boss said to one of his employees, do you believe in life after death? And the man said, yes. And the boss said, I thought so. And the man said, why is that? And he says, well, yesterday when you left early, said you were going to your grandmother's funeral. After you left, your grandmother called and asked to speak to you. <laughs> ah, this morning we're going to talk about your favorite subject. We're going to talk about work. We're going to talk about work. And, and uh, the point of today's message, what we're going to look at is that Monday is the Lord's Day too. Would you say that with me? Monday is the Lord's Day too. Because we're gathered on Sunday and Sunday is the Lord's Day, right? But what we're going to learn is the one we worship on Sunday is the one we work for on Monday. The one we worship on Sunday is the one we work for on Monday. If, if you could imagine for a moment the church, or the Christian life is like a football game. It's like a football game. And, and Sunday's where we have a huddle. Sunday's where the whole family, the whole team gathers together and we receive the play from Jesus. We receive the play he wants us to run during the week. And then the week, Monday, we go and run the play that Jesus has laid out for us. And so today we're going to learn that Monday is the Lord's Day too. The one we worship on Sunday is the one we work for on Monday. But before we get there, we need to take a side street because I think a lot of us, we heard the word masters and slaves and someone would say, well, well, Smiley, why didn't Paul, why didn't Paul speak more harshly against slavery? And that's a really good question. But I want us to understand the context of this passage. The church at this time was a very small political or very small persecuted minority. The church was small, the church was persecuted, did not have political power, and Jesus has a plan. He has a plan for changing the world. Here's Jesus' plan for changing the world. He ascended into heaven, and he poured out the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit gave birth to the church. And then Jesus gave the church a mission. He said, go and make disciples of all the nations. Go and change all the nations. How? How are nations changed? By winning people to faith in Christ, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and then teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. So Jesus ascends into heaven, and he leaves his church here on earth and gives her a mission. In school, did you ever have a show and tell in school? You're supposed to come and show something and then tell something. Did you know the church is here to show and tell? The church is here on earth to show the power of the gospel, to reconcile people to God, and then also to each other. And then we're not only to show people the power of the gospel, we're to tell people that the gospel is powerful enough to reconcile people to God and also to each other. When 1 Timothy was written, the Roman Empire was very divided. Did you know that? That it was divided, you had Jew and Gentile, you had male and female, you had older people and younger people, and you had slaves and you had masters. It was very divided. Sounds a lot like what? Today, right? Don't we live in a very divided culture? 
And don't we have leaders who seem intent on dividing us from one another, don't we? And so everywhere we go, we hear critical theory which says that you always divide people. There's always the oppressors and the oppressed. So men are the oppressors and women are the oppressed. Or, or that white people are the oppressors and, and that people of color are the oppressed. And in the midst of this culture, Jesus has his church to be a show-and-tell body, to show people the power of the gospel to reconcile us to God and to each other, and then to tell people how reconciliation is possible. Let me show you that in John 13. After Jesus had washed his disciples' feet, John 13, 34, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. We can only love when we've been loved. And we can only love to the extent that we've been loved. And so when, when Jesus reconciles us to God, he enables us to reconcile with one another. And then he says, by this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. In a divided culture in Rome, in a divided culture in America, here's a place where people who are very different, they love each other because they've been loved. We've been walking through 1 Timothy this year, haven't we? And remember when we started this back in January? Paul lays out what he's trying to do in this letter. In 1 Timothy 1 verse 5, the reason he's writing this letter, but the goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Paul wants us to grow in our love for Jesus and one another in the loss, and particularly with one another. So we've spent the last couple of months walking through 1 Timothy chapter 5. And we've learned how Jesus enables men and women to love each other. How he enables older people and younger people to be in the same church and love each other. And widows and married people and elders and members. And now, slaves and masters. Something amazing was happening in the Roman Empire. The gospel was shared. And slaves heard the gospel, and masters heard the gospel, and they ended up sitting in church together, being instructed with God's word together. And when they were together, they heard a revolutionary message, the gospel. Oh, we need it today, don't we? In Galatians chapter 3, verse 28, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free man. There is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Now, what does he mean? Because obviously there still were Jew and Greek, and there still were male and female and slave and free. But what he's saying is that the ground is level at the foot of the cross. The ground is level at the foot of the cross. It's not men or women or better, not slave or free. The ground is level. We have all sin. And, and the church is made up of people who've been saved by Jesus. So all those things that divide people in our culture, the constant dividing of people in our culture, it's different in here. And we're left here on earth at a time like this to show and tell people the power of the gospel that reconciles us to God and to each other. And what is that gospel that reconciles? In Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of 
that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. Listen, the gospel says the ground is, is level at the foot of the cross because the gospel has some bad news in it, and the bad news is we all have a sin problem. All of us do. Men do, women do, older people do, younger people do, blacks, whites, everybody has a sin problem. What is sin? It's a crime against God. And listen, the Bible says for all of sin, we've all committed crime after crime against God, and what we deserve from God is we deserve God's wrath. Listen, sin alienates us from God. It also alienates us from one another, and we're helpless to save ourselves. But here's the good news, Jesus. You see, Jesus is God who, who put on flesh and came to earth, and he came to reconcile us to God and also to each other. So he put on flesh, came to earth, and lived a perfect life, and then he went to the cross to carry out that great reconciling work, to take our sins upon himself and to die in our place. So Jesus took our sins upon himself, died in our place once and for all, and then he was buried, but the third day he rose from the grave. And when Jesus rose from the grave, he proved that he had conquered sin and death. And he offers us salvation as a free gift that we would be saved from our sins to be forgiven, that we would be saved from wasting our lives so we could do life and eternity with him, that we've been saved from hell so that we might spend eternity with him. He wanted to save us from loneliness and from alienation so that we could have a friend and be a part of the family of God. And what does he require of us? That we put our faith in him. Did you hear that? For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. We believe that a person is saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. Have you put your faith in him? If you haven't, would you like to? You see, saving faith is as simple as A, B, C, where we admit and believe and commit. And if you've never put your trust in you can do that now. Or as I close in prayer, I'd love to help you. But it starts when we admit. Jesus is not just the world that's broken. I'm broken. I've sinned against you. We admit, have you? And then we believe. Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And then we commit. Jesus, come in and be my Savior and forgive me and and give me eternal life. I want you to be Lord of my life and help me be the person you want me to be, won't you? Oh, and if you have, we're saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. But notice, we're not saved by our good works, but we're saved for good works. Notice the next verse. For we are his workmanship, individually and as a church we're god's body his new creation we're his workmanship created in christ jesus for good works which god prepared beforehand that we would walk in them listen we're reconciled to god he brings us together into his body and our mission is to show and tell people the power of the gospel to reconcile people to god and to each other so notice is what he says therefore remember that formerly you, the Gentiles in the flesh, who were called uncircumcision by the so-called circumcision, which is performed in the flesh by human hands, remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, excluded from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of, covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Ah, the world was divided. Jew, Gentile circumcised, uncircumcised, divided. But now, 
In Christ Jesus, you who formerly were far off, that's really us Gentiles, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who made both groups into one and broke down the barrier of the dividing wall. All those things that divide people in our culture, Christ tore that barrier down so the two could become one flesh by abolishing in his flesh the enmity, which means hostility, which is the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so that in himself he might make the two into one new man, ah, reconciling men and women and younger and older and, and slave and free and black and white in one body into one new man, thus establishing peace and might reconcile them both in one body to God through the cross by it having put to death the enmity. And he came and preached peace to those who were far away. That would be us who were Gentiles, and peace to those who were near. That would be the Jews. For through him we both have our access in one spirit to the Father. So then, this is in the church, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household. We're reconciled to God and also to each other. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. Now, notice that. <clears throat> I think if you ask most people, what's the foundation of the church? Who's the foundation of the church? What would they say? Jesus. Do you know why they would say that? It's not because it's in the Bible, but there's a song, right? The church's one foundation is Jesus Christ our Lord. But what the Bible actually teaches is that Jesus is the cornerstone and that the foundation is the apostles and prophets. They're the ones who gave us the scriptures. The church is built on the foundation of the word of God. That's why we're studying it here today. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole body, the whole building being fitted together is growing into a holy temple of the Lord, in whom you are being built together into a dwelling of God in the Spirit. In the midst of the Roman Empire, there was the church. And in the church, there were slave and free people. There were men and women. There were younger and old. And they were worshiping God together. They were showing and telling people the power of the gospel. And do you know what happened in the Roman Empire? You know what happened? That as Christians went out and shared the gospel and as churches were planted, what happened is slaves and masters were both one to faith in Christ, and they sat under the preaching of God's word together. And over time, some of the slaves became masters, and their masters were members, and they said, this makes no sense at all. And through the preaching of the gospel and the planting of churches, the practice of slavery disappeared from the Roman Empire. Because Jesus has a plan for changing the world one heart at a time through the church. And we play a part in that. Now, all of that was a side street, okay? To get us back to the point that Monday is the Lord's Day. That Monday is the Lord's Day. When Jesus moves into us, his intention is to change everything in our lives, including the way we work. Because Jesus is our model for life and ministry. And he says, follow me in the workplace, just like in all of life. So let's look back at verses 1 and 2. And let's change slave and master to employer and employee. 
all who are under the yoke as employees are to regard their own employers as worthy of all honor so that the name of God and our doctrine will not be spoken against. Some of us work for employers. We have bosses who are not Christians. And so Paul teaches us how to respond to our bosses when they're not believers. Those who have believers as their employers, others of us have Christian employers, must not be disrespectful to them because they are brethren, but must serve them all the more because those who partake of the benefit are believers and beloved. Uh, teach and preach these principles. So Jesus says, follow me in the workplace, okay? And I know, I know some of you will say, well, Smiley, you're involved in full-time ministry. Well, if I'm a full-time follower of Christ, what does that make you? Hmm? Are, are, are you a part-time follower? Do you follow him in some of life and not in others? No, no, all of us are called a full-time ministry. We're all called, but we're deployed in different areas. We're all called to follow Jesus full time. And so Jesus says, I want you to follow me in the workplace because I want you to carry out the ministry of work, to work, and at work. What? Jesus says, follow me into the ministry of work and to work and at work. And I know I've taught you this before, but we forget more than we remember. So, so let's walk back through this. Jesus says, follow me into the ministry of work. Listen, work is ministry. Work is ministry. The one we worship on Sunday is the one we work for on Monday. Did you know that our God works? Did you know that? And we're made in His image to work like He does. Um, in John chapter 5, verse 17, but He, Jesus, answered saying, my Father is working until now and I myself am working. Did you know our Father works? Did you know our big brother works? Did, did you know that our work matters to Jesus? Did you know that? And that our work really is ministry? You say, how's that? Well, recently, Karen and I were riding our bikes to, to Platka. We were going through the farms in and, and Hastings, and I saw all this cabbage being grown. And I thought, if I'm a farmer, and people all around us are praying the Lord's Prayer, and they're saying, give us this day our daily bread, and you know what I'm doing as a farmer? I'm the answer to their prayers, aren't I? They're praying for daily bread, and I, what I'm doing as a farmer, I am the answer to their prayers. I'm doing ministry. I'm feeding them. Uh, if I'm a mechanic, if I'm, how many people get in their car and they pray for a safe trip, right? That if I'm a mechanic, I'm doing ministry. What I'm doing is I'm answering their prayers to help them have a safe trip. When you get on a plane, what do you do? If you're like me, you pray for a safe trip, right? And what is the pilot? Is he not the answer to our prayers? Doesn't what he do matter? Doesn't it matter to Jesus? It's his piloting that gets us there safely, right? Oh, man, when, when, if I'm a homemaker and my children are praying, am I not the answer to their prayers? Um, listen, work is ministry, and it matters to Jesus. When Jesus moved into me, listen, he, he began to change everything in my life. And, and one of the things he did, he changed my attitude toward work. You know what Jesus taught me? Work is serving people so well, they pay us to do it. That's what work is. That we serve others so well, they pay us to do it. And I don't know about you, but I gladly pay people to serve me, don't you? I mean, I love chicken, but um, if I had to grow a chicken, 
and break its neck and then pluck it? I'll gladly pay the person who grows the chicken and and kills it and puts it in a plastic package for me to take home, right, and and eat. I love my car. I just go to the gas station, and there's gas that goes in my car. I gladly pay the people who go and get it from underneath the ground and refine it and put it in there so I put it in there so I can put it in my car and drive. Work is serving other people so well they pay us to serve them. Listen, every day we follow Jesus in the workplace because work is ministry. That's the ministry of work. Then there's the ministry to work. Listen, when our first parents sinned against God, it wrecked everything, including the workplace. So we all work in broken workplaces, and Jesus deploys us into our workplaces every day to help renew the workplace. A lot of people complain about the workplace. We're on a mission when we go to help undo all that sin is broken. When we go as an employee and we get there early and we're reliable and we have a great attitude and we, and we show respect for our employer and we treat our customers well. Listen, we're helping to renew the workplace. Don't you love to go into a workplace that's being renewed, don't you? And listen, if you're an employer... You're an employer and and you take good care of your employees and you serve your customers well. Aren't you renewing the workplace? Do you realize how much that matters to Jesus? If, If you don't, let me show you just a couple of verses. How important it is that we renew the workplace. In uh Proverbs eleven, verse one, a false balance is an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. Man, when there's dishonesty in the workplace, that's an abomination in God's eyes. But listen, when we're honest in the workplace, God delights in that. He delights in our work. He delights in us renewing the workplace. Or how about in in Proverbs 16? Same thing, a just balance and scales belongs to the Lord. All the weights of the bag are His concern. Ah. Listen, every day we get to follow Jesus in the workplace. We go to work to carry out the ministry of work. Our work is ministry. We're on a mission. We're on a mission to renew the workplace, to to renew the workplace. The ministry of work, the ministry to work, and the ministry at work. Now, the, the ministry at work is what most Christians think. Most Christians think the only thing that matters about their work is if they have a gospel conversation at work. And that's important. That's one of our, part of our ministry at work. Jesus deploys us into the workplace so that we can make Christ known. Uh, many of you were here last week. Remember when uh, Ricardo and Andres, they were talking about, you remember the point, right? Go, love, together, right? Remember that? And what they were sharing was the Great Commission, the main verb is to make disciples. So as you go, as you go to work every day, we would love to say where you live and work and play. As you go out, make disciples. I love the way Christian Motorcycles Association says, when Jesus said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men, they say there wasn't really something special about fishing. That they say, follow me and I'll make you a motorcycler of men. Follow me and I'll make you a surfer of men. That when we follow Jesus, whatever we do on the playground can be used to influence people for Christ. 
And the same's true in the workplace. Follow me and I'll make you a baker of men. Follow me and I'll make you a carpenter of men. Follow me and I'll make you a homemaker of men. That whatever we do, Jesus sends us into the workplace to, to make him known. As we head out each day, we should be praying for open doors to share the gospel in gospel conversations. <laughs> but do you know what so many Christians tell me? Smiling, I'm the only Christian in my office. Um, and I say, the problem with that is? I mean, can you imagine a fisherman? Can you imagine a fisherman saying, I know this lake and it's just filled with fish. Everywhere you look, there's fish in the lake. And I'm the only one fishing the lake. They would say, you won't believe it. I've got, a, I've got this lake and it's full of fish and there's fish everywhere. Even a lousy fisherman like keep me can catch fish there. Um, listen, if you're the only Christian there, Jesus thinks a lot of you. He sent you there because there's so many people there who need Jesus. This week when someone says, man, I'm tired. I'm stressed. I'm struggling. Didn't they open the door? Can't you step toward them and say, me too? No one helps me when I'm tired or stressed or struggling. I have a friend. His name is Jesus, and he helps me, and he'd love to help you. Oh. So Monday is the Lord's Day. This week, Jesus is telling us, follow me and help carry out the ministry of work because our work is ministry to work. I'm sending you there to renew the workplace and the ministry at work. There are people where you work who need Jesus. So the action step for this week is I want you to take Jesus to work. I mean, I think a lot of us, we leave Jesus at home and, and, and we go to work without him. So this week, I want you to take Jesus to work with you. And, uh, and, and how do we do that? Why not get up this week and have breakfast with Jesus? And when you have breakfast with Jesus, why not to say, Jesus, I am so excited. This is take Jesus to work week. And I can't wait because in a few minutes, I'm going to follow you into the workplace and carry out the ministry of work and to work and at work. And since you're preparing for the day, pick up a couple of Do You Know booklets and, and put them in your pocket. And that'll get you thinking that I'm taking Jesus with me. Some of you are old like me. There used to be an American Express commercial. Remember what it used to say? Don't leave home without it, right? Listen, don't leave home this week without Jesus. Don't leave home without it. Imagine taking Jesus to work with you on the way there throughout the day. Remember what Jesus said about the Great Commission? He said, go and make disciples. And then he ended up by saying what? I am with you always, even to the end. What if we were talking to Jesus? Jesus, I'm on the way to the workplace today. Help me to carry out the ministry of and to and at work. Throughout the day, Lord, thank you that I have a job. Lord, thank you that you've given me the ability to, to work. Lord, thank you that, that you've gifted me that I can use these gifts to serve others so well that they pay me for it. Thank you. Some of you say, but Smiley, I'm a student. Okay, so you're a student. But what do we call it? We call it school what? School work, right? And then we go home and we call it what? Home work. So, so if you're a student... Let me show you a verse that changed me, me as a student. Uh, I was a horrible student until I met Jesus. And I remember reading Psalm 111 too. Great are the works of the Lord. They are studied by all who delight in them. Do you know when Jesus moved in, education changed? Because I thought geography 
Geography is the study of the world that God had made, and I was fascinating. And history is his story. And math, math is about the order of the world that God has created. Wow. I'm so thankful I live in a time where I can get an education. I'm so thankful that I'm literate and know how to read. I am so blessed. There's the ministry of work. The ministry to work. Throughout the day, Lord, help me to have a good attitude. Help me to be honest. Lord, help me to renew the workplace. Help me to make the workplace a better place for people to come, right? And then there's the ministry at work. Lord, open up a door for me to share the gospel. Now, I got a question for you. What does Mother Teresa and the Surgeon General of the United States have in common? Anybody know what they have in common? You know what they have in common? They both said loneliness is a huge problem. Mother Teresa said the biggest problem in the world today is loneliness. And isn't that interesting that she lived in India where there's a billion people, but she says loneliness is the biggest problem? Did you read what the Surgeon General said this week? He said loneliness in America is a major health crisis, just like health disease and everything else. And I read that and I think... That's pretty interesting since our government works hard to divide us and then locks us in our home and then says loneliness is a problem. <laughs> but what's a problem for our culture is an amazing opportunity for the church because we have what lonely people need. We have a friend, a friend who when he moves in never leaves. We have a community where broken people are welcome. What a time to be the church of Jesus Christ. So when you're deployed in the workplace, remember, people's greatest problem is loneliness. And we have him. We have exactly what they need. So when someone shares with you, listen, I'm lonely, listen, say, hey, I struggle with that too, but could I share with you what's helped me? And because you put your Do You Know booklets in there, you can just pull it out. You can read it to them. You see, we have a problem called sin. And sin alienates us from God and also from each other. But listen, there's a Savior named Jesus, and He came to reconcile us to God and to each other. And when we believe in Him, which is simple as ABC, we get a friend and a community. Wouldn't you like a friend and a community? You can do it. <laughs> hey, do you know what tomorrow is? You know what tomorrow is? It's what? It's Monday. And what have we learned? that Monday is the Lord's day too. And do you know what our assignment is this week? You know what it is? We get to take Jesus with us to work this week so that we can carry out the ministry of work to work and at work. Let's pray. Jesus, we are so glad you worked Jesus, thank you for finishing your work. Thank you for dying and rising so that we could be saved, that we could be reconciled to God and also to each other. Listen, if you're here today and you've never been saved, you've never put your trust in him, if you'd like to be reconciled to God and, 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 and to others, Jesus is here, won't you? Won't you tell him where you are? Jesus, I've sinned against you and I'm sorry. And I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose. And I want you to come in and be my Savior and forgive me and, and give me eternal life.
I want you to be Lord of my life. Help me be the person you want me to be. Oh, if you've done that for the first time, won't you mark that on your card? We'd love to celebrate with you. Lord, I pray as a church, I pray as a church that we would carry out our mission to show and tell people the power of the gospel to reconcile us to God and also to each other. Help us to give people just a little picture of the new earth. And Jesus, thank you for inviting us to follow you. Help us this week to remember that Monday is the Lord's Day too. And Lord, help us to take you to work with us this week. Help us to enjoy our work and see our work as ministry. We're serving others. Lord, help us to be deployed to renew the workplace. Lord, I pray that, that we would carry out the ministry at work, that, that all of us would have an opportunity this week to have a gospel conversation with someone. Lord, help us to speak to lonely people and let them know there is a friend and there is a community that they can be a part of. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.